0: Take podcast from Odyssey Sports. Thanks for listening or watching wherever you are watching or listening right now. Make sure you subscribe in that place. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, or if you're watching us on YouTube. And Logan, uh, that that word variance, uh, what we're really talking about is the amount of variance we want to invite, not just into the game, but in with Taylor Heineke. Um, The turnover-worthy plays are are something that's been a hot topic of discussion. Uh, He seems to get away with murder on that every single week. Um, you were also talking about, though, his ability on the upside to potentially make a little bit more happen. Mm. And possibly, as we talked about uh, on la- one of last week's podcasts, you know, does he run a little bit more this week? Now that Carson Wentz is available as the backup, is he freed up a little bit? So there's a lot of factors here. But ultimately, like, what, how much risk are you willing to tolerate? Uh, just like we were saying to to wrap up the the last segment, like, how much risk are you actually willing to tolerate with Heineke? Considering this is not the formula that that got the commanders to this point, they are yeah. not playing on Sunday night football with a playoff spot, mathematically speaking, basically on the line. If they win, it's like 90% and they're in. Um, if you're getting here by running the football, ball control, whatever, do you even want to think about going against that pattern? Nevertheless, some of the specifics.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot, a lot to unpack there, Craig. So let's start, I guess... Let's start with Taylor Heineke and then we'll kind of go to game flow from the first game because I think there's some interesting points to talk about there. So with Taylor Heineke, I know like uh, one, one of the videos you posted on YouTube, one of the guys, one of the comments was like, I'm tired of talking about turnover-worthy plays. I think that's ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. Did you win or not? Like, I get that. <clears throat> I totally understand that perspective. However, the reason we bring that stuff up is because it is a level of variance, right? So traditionally speaking, a person or a player with a lot of turnover-worthy plays, they might go through a stretch of time where they're not throwing an interception, but that, that stretch is not sustainable based on this metric of play style, where they are not being very fastidious with the football. So when we bring it up, it's kind of like you're riding a very high, you're, you're, you're riding high luck right now. You're at the casino, you know, you're rolling the dice, and it's coming up the way you want it multiple, multiple times. That's not statistically viable forever, right? So when we bring this, 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 um, this turnover-worthy play element up, that's what we're referencing. It's like how long do you sit at the table and continue to roll the dice before your, your hot streak runs out and you end up losing big and you end up losing a lot of money? And so that's kind of what we're doing with Taylor when we talk about that. So he does. He does put the football in harm's way more than you like. And I, I think the other thing that's tough is that he does miss throws that are there. I think back, I did like a little red zone breakdown, which would be on Wednesday's show of the command center. And one of the things is like Scott's done a really nice job scheming up open things in the red zone, especially the last two games. And Taylor's missed some throws, right? He's missed some opportunities. So there, there's two things here. One is him putting the ball in harm's way. And then one is him missing throws of of schemed open plays which in this offense are very detrimental and you're probably going to punt the football if that happens. Right. So I would say, I would say, and then now let's get to the game, flow, game, game flow point. If you look at the gate, the first game against the Giants, they had, they had two drives where they started backed up because of special team snafus. I think you don't get that like total turtling up that they got in those situations. If they're in a more normal field position, right? If they're in like, if it's, they're on the 30-yard line. I think you see kind mm. of what they had been doing early in the game, which is good stuff. It's play-action pass. It's a little bit of duo. It's what we saw. And I do think as as conservative as they've been, in normal game flow situations, they have been – I mean, you can disagree with me here, Craig, uh, Craig totally. They've, they've opened up a little bit, right? They, they, they have situations yeah. where they run in more play pass. They're, they're not in the drop-back game as much, but they do take some shots. They do do some things. And I think in normal game flow, you'd see that.
0: They do, and they do that in part because they've actually found a play-action pass that works for them. Sure. Um, A play-action pass, you know, on on the actual fake part, right? They found this fake duo, um, and and especially that long, like, counter-action. I don't know if there's a better term for that. Uh, Feel free to uh, uh, up uh, my football nomenclature, but, like, where (laughs) Taylor extends one way and then turns and extends the other. It's like this very long, drawn-out play-action fake that really can draw the defense in and, and have the desired effect as opposed to these haphazard, you know, pretty useless shotgun fakes that don't actually get anything done except for, you know, potentially take Taylor's eyes off of where they're supposed to be. Um, so there's that. Um, and I agree with you on that front. they they have definitely tried to, especially early in games, get some of those chunk plays and then really drive home running the football. and I, and I think that's still a good, a good plan. The question is, do they keep, and, you know, as as I said uh, a little bit ago, uh, we're recording this in the middle of Rivera's press conference on Tuesday, and we now have a bunch of updates, and, you know, uh, I haven't seen one on Sam Cosme yet, uh, but if they have the more mobile linemen, the Schweitzers, the Cosme's in, do they include some of the screen game and some of the stuff that yeah. they kind of cut out of the offense? And I, I think that just allowing the offense to have a little bit more to it it's kind of really what we're talking about here at yeah. the end of the day like it's margins and, and we do a lot of talk about the margins on this podcast because that is where the game is won and lost it's also the thing that changes it's the thing that's up for debate is do you want to be 65 35 run or 60 40 run because they're not yeah. going to be you know i mean they might be 60 40 pass um, depending on game flow but like ideally they're kind of 60 40 run yeah. Um, that's that's where they are. They get up, and then they're able to run, run out the clock with these two big bruising backs that uh, have, have been really effective at closing out games. Um, so it's, I, I think it's, in a way, it's too early to tell um, because it's going to depend on their personnel uh, yeah. to an extent too um, because, for instance, Trey Turner is having a good week um, in terms of the bye week helping him out, and he very much could be back. And if he is going to be your starting right guard, the screen game and all that kind of stuff isn't isn't really on the table. That's not where where he's at. Um, if it's Cosme, uh, then you're all right. Um, by the way, the other injury updates, real quick. Uh, you know, we were talking about Saint Juice in the last segment. It looks like he's he's on a good track, so that's good. Jamin Davis apparently had a procedure on his thumb, but he's looking like he's trending the right direction. So is Chase Young for the 18th straight week. Uh, Montez Sweat, James Smith Williams are in concussion protocol, so. Um, chances are, if you're listening to this on a podcast, you probably know that stuff by now because the the time release uh, factor of this, but just in case there's your, there's your news update, but to circle back to what we were talking about, the personnel offensively could dictate a lot of this and whether or not Schweitzer and Cosme are your center and right guard or whether or not it's Nick Martin and Trey Turner, um, you're not necessarily screwed if it's, if it's the latter, but. The former gives you a lot more options and a lot of things that you can potentially do compared to the the game plan that you were almost stuck with from an offensive line standpoint uh, during that streak when, oh, by the way, you did go six and one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that's a really good point. Obviously injuries are going to play a big deal. And I think what you're, t- I think I like the way you phrased the beginning part of that. It's like, we're, we're not advocating that they go out and become, you know, the greatest show on turf in terms of throwing the football. But do you, I think, uh, you know, 10 more passes, five, seven more passes in a game is an appropriate solution against the secondary, especially if you're at a point where you can pass protect, especially on first and second down, running a little bit of play action pass there, I think would be really advantageous. Making sure you're in third and manageable situations. Like, how do you get there? Because if you are in third and three, I don't know, for whatever reason, wink Martindale's pressure rate comes way, way down. So Philly also did a really good job of that in their game against the Giants of staying in third and shorter situations so that there wasn't as much pressure. Um, but when they were in third and longer situations, they were able to overcome the pressure that Wink was bringing. So I think that's all kind of got to factor in. I don't think you you deviate too far from what you've been doing. I think you're okay with playing the long game. I think your defense, I would assume the defense is going to play much, much better in this outing. Having seen what this uh, Giants offense is about, um, you know, having a week of rest. You know, for all of this conversation about the defense, like they have some s- significant injuries. Like Jamin's, uh, you know, had thumb surgery during the bye week. He was he's been hurt for a couple of weeks now. John is always kind of nursing a knee, a hip injury. So get him a little bit fresher. Uh, I think really bodes well for the group to just come out and play lights out. And that's not even talking about Benjamin St. Juice. So I, I if just knowing the team, knowing the personnel, knowing my quarterback. I think you don't stray too far from what they've been doing. It might look a little different. You might hit some different runs. You might, um, you know, work some more play pass in on first and second down, which they did a great job of in the first game, specifically on the first two drives. Uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of what you're what you're looking at, and and some some framing of that in terms of trying to eliminate uh, limit Taylor's ability to bring variants to the game as much as you can, and. and that's And people get mad about that, like, why are you putting handcuffs on him? I think because you've seen what he looks like when the handcuffs aren't on. Like, look at the Minnesota game. They try to give him a little bit more of the offense there, and it crumbled a little bit under him. So I think just knowing what he's good at, speaking to that skill set, limiting what the mistakes he can make, I think is going to be a huge deal.
0: Reminder that Minnesota game, 15 of 28 for 149, two touchdowns and a pick. Here's the crazy thing about Taylor though with the variance you know and we talk about the turnover worthy plays and you know if if i'm just merely looking at what i'm about to tell you um i would be that guy on youtube saying i don't want to hear about turnover worthy plays anymore because you know how many times taylor heineke has thrown three picks in his career in a game
1: um i have no idea zero once once
0: that's it and it was with carolina uh it might be I, pers- I was
1: versus Atlanta. I was on the team. I was on Atlanta then. I was like, there there you go. And uh,
0: <laughs> on uh, December twenty third of twenty eighteen, yeah. uh, yeah. week week sixteen. Uh, you, you guys, the Falcons won twenty four ten. Uh you picked you picked Heineke off three times. He did have two seventy four in the game. He threw it fifty three times. Yeah. Which is uh, not a formula for success. Um but I think yeah, he also that's-
1: broke he like broke his wrist too or something crazy in that game. It was oh. a tough, tough day for him.
0: Yeah. That's that sounds worse than three picks. But that is the only time he's ever thrown three picks. So for all of the times that it feels like he's thrown a hundred picks in a game because he throws the ball over the place and you're having a heart attack. And, you know, especially some of those games late last year where he was just frankly really bad as he was banged up and, and not fully healthy. Um he's he's never actually thrown three picks in a game, which is the kind of thing that a lot of great quarterbacks have done. I think Mahomes had three touchdowns, three picks like two weeks ago. Yeah. Um On three so, turnover
1: worthy plays. Um Which is interesting.
0: Yeah. That's, but like you're right in that the averages theoretically should catch up to him eventually. And if you're going to average, you know, over time, if you're going to average four to five turnover worthy plays a game, over time, you should average four to five turnovers a game. Um, Yeah. But he has, for whatever reason, been able to consistently dodge those bullets. Um, I also, I also would say, like, as a counterpoint,
1: just something to think about, Craig, is, and and we'd have to do like math and solve stuff for this. But I do think that when you again when you bring his number of total number of throws down, mm-hmm. right, you, you give the defense less opportunity to you know express some of these turnover worthy right. plays, right? That's like the whole point, right? He threw the ball fifty whatever, fifty seven times in that game. I'm sure he had more turnover worthy plays than interceptions in that game. Right. Right.
0: So if you, if you're, if you commit a turnover on 60% of your turnover worthy plays, which is not the number, that's just one I just pulled out of the name. But, um, you know, if you throw it 50 times, that's, that's going to result in a higher number of actual turnovers than 25 or 30. I understand. And that's, that's totally true as well. Um, it's just something that's, it's been interesting to watch with him is how consistently he has successfully lived on the edge. And I know it's coming. Um, I've kind of said a couple of times on the show, like, I think, i think the game san francisco like if he throws four picks against san francisco i will be zero percent surprised because that's the best (laughs) defense in football and they just i mean they just had tom brady flummox and he's tom bleeping brady yeah so um i know taylor heineke is obviously based off of their head-to-head comparisons basically tom brady or (laughs) head-to-head matchups basically tom brady but uh no it's 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 gonna be interesting uh and and you know the other thing too Real quick to kind of wrap up our thoughts on both sides of the ball for the Giants. You know, Martindale always has his thing in a given week. And just because mm-hmm. they played two weeks ago, it doesn't mean he's going to have the same thing. Uh, yeah. And the same is true, by the way, offensively. Dable and, and that staff on the offensive side of the ball, you know, you talked about, oh, they found a wrinkle and they they did a really good job with it two weeks ago. Like, how how different do they go just two weeks later against the same exact team who, by the way, hasn't played another game since?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, that's again. Those are the types of things that I really nerd out. Like when I get to watch the first half of the game with, uh, you know, those guys on the on the in-game show, it's just it's it's crazy because it's like that. That's the that's the tipping point, right? Is the wrinkle enough to keep the Jets in it offensive or the Giants in it offensively? Is the defensive blitz package enough to kind of stymie what they're doing from uh, the commanders doing from an offensive standpoint? Those are the things like when I turn the game, I have butterflies in my stomach to see that, to see that execution, to see what's happening. So yeah, it'll be really curious to see. If I had a I was just trying to think, if I had a game plan for this team, like I don't know mm-hmm. if I would do things much different than what they did in the first outing. Like get jones on the edge find ways to get him with the ball in his hands elevate the run game like if i'm them and i know i have to win this game i know i have to have it in the bag to make the playoffs i might let daniel jones run the ball like 15 times like that's Mm kind of where i'm at from a schematic standpoint they struggle with the zone read they struggle when the quarterback moves out of the pocket like he's your best player like put all your eggs in that basket let it ride so and then defensively i think um I think you'll see a lot of a lot of this a lot of similar pressures, but there will be some new wrinkles in terms of getting them uh you know finding ways to get his rushers in advantageous situations. Can Scott keep you out of those situations is the big question, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Last time, you know, we did the the breakdown. And if you want some actual like film with it, we put that up on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Craig Hoffman, um, of the the Kevon Thibodeau uh or Kevon Thibodeau blitz at the end of that game uh the tie game and, yes. and how martindale kind of manipulated washington's coverage rules uh, or protection rules and so can they have answers for that kind of stuff this time around can you understand conceptually or at least if you if they do something different can you figure it out faster get that communicated on the sideline come up with a solution somewhere in your bag and be like all right hey guys we got we got this if we see it again this is how we're going to handle it like those adjustments have to come faster you can't be getting the the pressure that's gotten you all day getting you a sack on the biggest play of overtime like that's what happened uh, yeah. uh, in the last game so can you make those adjustments um faster it's hard because they're playing off your rules you're doing the things yeah. you're quote unquote supposed to do um but you got to be able to see through some of the disguises and, and all that kind of stuff and we'll see with you know the freshest tape that they have being just a couple weeks ago against the same team if they can have solutions